Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a podcast where we discuss monsters and hope they don't nip on our heels. I'm your host Matt, and that must mean, to my left, he may look gobsmacked, but to us, he's Dave. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing great. Glad that they uh, erased my googly eyes. So disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you wear? Is that why you wear sunglasses all the time? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> not to show those eyes. Not, not only at night, but in the daytime too. <laughs> Oh, we thought it was just because you're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am cool. But, uh, <laughs> I also don't have any pupils anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that must mean, to my right, a blood sacrifice may be on the cards, but hey, it's just mm. Cameron. How you doing, mate? Hey, I'm doing pretty hey. well, thank you. Um, can you put in a sound effect for me, Cameron? Yeah, uh, just hold hey. it. Hey, it's Cameron. Um, he, and because he's professional, he's drinking water there. Definitely not whiskey. Yep. Straight Wouldn't out be. of a very large corked bottle. Yep. Because <laughs> that's how he rolls. Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> Stay <laughs> hydrated, kids. Yep. <laughs> Remember, no drinking until you're at least 30. So, Cameron, you, you shouldn't mm. be drinking anyway. So, you're not 30 I mean, yet. I think I've gone through like 20 years in the last couple of months. But. <laughs> <laughs> has it been that hard? This, well, I suppose it's your summer, isn't it? Or has been yeah, your summer? Between the, between the weather and the world politics news, I'm just... Oh, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's no good on anybody, but... <laughs> well, I hope you've stopped so playing video games, because they're the source of all evil. Oh, no. I, Supposedly. I went, I, went, I went to the mall and I skinned several people and turned them into a very good hat. It gives me back to fight and it's only because you watched Crocodile Dundee, wasn't it? It just inspired yeah, exactly. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Australian icons all carry knives. <laughs> oh. What have you, you been up to, Dave? What's been going on? Uh, not much, aside from <laughs> listening to You Become a Robot. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. already starting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am Mecha Matt. <laughs> I'm oh properly God. mechanized. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, it's just slowly taking me over. It's really bad. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, for yeah. God's sake. It's very bad. You really shouldn't have gotten that optional cosmetic larynx surgery. <laughs> but they it said it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay, I'll have to unplug myself and yep, yep. all that. God's sake. Go. Right, I'm going to bear with me back in a sec. Yeah. Okay, so now that Matt's gone. <laughs> Dave, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> uh, Painting miniatures, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, yeah, it was Massive Darkness, right? Yes, and it comes in a massive box that isn't very dark. <laughs> so it should just be massive, wow. normal <laughs> light. Mm. Yeah, wow. No, it looks really oh, cool. So, um, yeah, uh, I just I looked at the rule book, and um, it's 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 not like a complicated game. It's pretty straightforward. But mm. what they do yeah. is the the game tiles themselves have like uh, levels of lantern light because you're in a, a dungeon, mm. and yeah, yeah. sections of them are 
like dark tiles, and those let you um, do sneak attacks and get like bonuses to Ooh, uh, yeah. just your regular attack. But I think it also can generate more enemies because it's dark. I don't know. I'll have to. Mm. I'll have to find out when I actually start playing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds really cool. I do like the couple of uh, models you posted up. The sort of the troll satyr guy and the big, big green spider. Uh, yeah, um, Matt, are you back? It's doesn't hello. Say. Okay, hello. Oh, he's there back. we go. <clears throat> All right, hello. <laughs> I am back. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's, really it's not. Uh, it's real Matt, not Robot Matt. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank oh, yeah. Boo. Uh, yeah. Right. Bloody but, technology. Uh, right. Yeah, right. It's right. Okay. We so, did some filler segment. Yeah, I've heard you talking about miniatures and other <laughs> exciting things. Um. Right. What are we talking about? Um, well, I can bless, let's do um, the, the best segment in the week. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, see, Cameron's on it. Look. It's, it. it's, um, it's that water going to his head. He's getting really excited yeah. now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Yokai the week time. And we're on the letter B. B for boom, it's Yokai time. As they say. <laughs> um, so we're going to roll a die. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a random yokai. And so Dave's got his roll in hand ready. You can, you can hear it yep. flexing. He's there. <laughs> He's pumped. He's ready. Um, so with it, Dave, roll him. Oh, that was a delicate little roll. <laughs> I know. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> this seems a little general. Yeah, and I bet the page is going to be weird. Let's see. I mean... Uh, we'll roll with it. Yeah. It look, yeah, it looks hey. about right. Yeah, that's the Dream Eaters. Yep. Mm. Okay. Oh, it's uh, it's Hypno all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we doing? I didn't even see what number we're uh, It's uh, Baku. 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 So, what's it all about, Cameron? We so, doing? Baku are Japanese supernatural beings that devour dreams and nightmares. According to legend, they were created by the spare pieces that were left over when the gods finished creating all other animals. They have a pretty long history in Japanese folklore and art, and appear in anime and manga. Uh, I'm pretty sure these are what the Hypno and Drowsy Pokemon are based off of. Yeah, it's the type here. Um, They're like a yeah, platypus, yeah. but not oh, yeah. platypus version. But evil. <laughs> Whatever you want yeah. to call it. Anteater and sloth. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the term Baku in Japanese has two current meanings referring to both the traditional dream-devouring yokai and the Malayan tepia. Um, let's see, history and description. It originates from Chinese folklore and was familiar in Japan as early as the Muromachi period, so the 14th to 15th century. Hori Tado has described the dream-eating abilities attributed to the traditional baku and relates them to other preventatives against nightmares, such as amulets. Um, the next see. paragraph is better. Yep. An early 17th century Japanese manuscript, the Sankai Ibutsu, describes the Baku as a shy Chinese mythical chimera with an elephant's trunk, rhinoceros's eyes, an ox's tail, and a tiger's paws, which protected against pestilence and evil, although eating nightmares was not included among its abilities. So, yeah, so um, sort of like a chimera, like like a platypus, like you said, but all different parts. Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, um, you can definitely tell it's left over by, you know, mm. leftover parts, isn't it? Imagine yeah, that. You're well, the, yeah, the you know, bits. we created you just with what was left over. 
It's pretty which awesome. Is, which is <laughs> weird because those animals have those parts, so really they're not left over. Yeah. That should <laughs> yeah, be like true. it should be like an elephant's <laughs> horns because it's yeah. left left yeah. off of the elephant. Yeah. The tiger's well. trunk. <laughs> like, no, okay. no, yeah. <laughs> they obviously made no, too many. No. <laughs> no. We made too many trunks, uh, guys. It's either or they had like an optional kit, so they chose like the left curling trunk for the elephant. Yeah, okay. And they didn't use the regular <laughs> trunk. <laughs> this was the trunk with it had a pattern, striped pattern on it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, a seventeen ninety one Japanese woodblock illustration. Um, it's specifically about a dream destroying Baku. Depicts it as having an elephant's head, tusks, and trunk with horns and tiger's claw. So there are ones with horns out there. Um, head, trunk, and tusks from elephants are characteristic of Baku from the pre-Meiji Japanese woodblock prints and in shrine, temple, and Netsuke carvings. I don't know what a Netsuke is. <laughs> I don't remember. You have mm. to look at the page. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they're little wooden carvings, I think. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, Dave, what else have we got here? Um. So, uh, everyone's favorite Lafcadio Hearn um, described <laughs> a Baku with similar attributes uh, that was also able to devour nightmares. Uh, legend has it that a person who wakes up from a bad dream can call out to Baku. A child having a nightmare in Japan will wake up and repeat three times, Baku-san, come eat my dream. Okay. <laughs> uh, legends yeah. say that the Baku will come into the child's room <laughs> and devour the bad dream, allowing the child to go back to sleep peacefully. However, calling to the Baku must be done sparingly, because if he remains hungry after eating, one, eating one's nightmare, he may also devour their hopes and desires as well, leaving them to live an empty life. Like what Bloody happened hell. to me. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know someone was going to say that? <laughs> it, it begged to be said. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, um, oh, was, and they can, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, they can be summoned for protection from bad dreams prior to falling asleep at night. And in the early 1900s, sort of 1910s, it was common for Japanese kids to keep a Baku talisman at their bedside. Ain't that nice? <coughs> Nice. Little Baku stuffed animal. Yeah. That's kind of cute. <laughs> Baku Dakimakura's big hug pillow. Oh, God. <laughs> Baku san, Baku san. Um, good times. Well, yeah. yeah. That's that's the Baku, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's quite. Yeah, this has been uh, the Baku. Yokai of the week. Yeah. It's been very Yokai cool. of the week. I'll put the yeah, nice. week, picture in the notes because it's yeah, it's quite it's, cute. It's a nice little picture. Oh, oh! I was looking at the picture the entire wrong way around. That makes much more sense now. <laughs> what did you uh, think you were looking what at? You think? The bottom is my brain read the top. My brain read the top right as the head, and it was like it doesn't have a trunk. It looks like that makes it look like a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that also makes him well endowed. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. And he literally looks like he's got balls there. <laughs> wow. It's just oh. his round little ears, okay? Yeah. 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 Cameron, you've had too much water. Now, come on. Mm, <laughs> You're looking at it wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. Classic. Anyway. anyway right. Yeah. yeah. That was Yokai of the Week. Yes, it was. Thank you for having us. <laughs> bum, bum, um, bum, bum, bum. Um, we need another sound effect. Cameron. Uh, uh. Oh. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah, I say that was awesome. Nice and damn fine sounding water. It is, um, it is a really acoustic cork. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <clears throat> you're on top of the foley game. <laughs> so main part of the show um due to a schedule rearrange we've had to change topics mm. for this one on the fly last minute but because we're professional we can handle it so um yeah this was originally going to be another godzilla one but we have had switch to returning to vampires hooray because everyone likes Yay. vampires um and this is going to be a mixed media show where we all looked and watched different things and we can talk about our experiences with them um so on the cards uh as far as uh, unless you guys have watched something different since we last spoke about it um <laughs> dave was watching daybreakers uh cameron was watching helsing ultimate and i yep. was watching ultraviolet so that is what we're going to be discussing in this show um so let's start with dave and his daybreakers. Um, give us a gist of it. What, what's it? What's daybreakers about? All right, um, daybreakers is a. It was a pretty good film. It came out in 2010, uh, but I. It had to have been filmed and done in 2009, just because of the, the references in the film. The screenplay cites 2009 for like a lot of the things, so I think they were just going for a current day um, effect. But uh, it's um, it's basically about a plague that broke out and infected the entire world, or at least a good 90% of the population, with vampirism, um, which somehow set everything back to, like, a 1950s, 40s sort of, like, sensibility, as far as, like, their attire. Uh, I guess it just looked cool on screen, but it was weird. <laughs> just the way everyone was dressed. You're like, okay, I don't I don't think it's just going to change fashion just because every, everyone wants to be a vampire. Um, but, <laughs> uh, the, the, the gist of it is the humans or not the humans, the, the vampires have, they offered the remaining humans like a chance to, um, just be assimilated into, to make everyone vampires. Uh, the humans of course didn't think that that was a great idea. They didn't want to be monsters. So they're just, uh, sort of a hidden resistance, but the ones that are captured are, are used as like blood blood farms like blood banks and um it the uh, <laughs> it's the current the, the film as it is playing out is set in the far off future of 2019 <laughs> oh, next year <laughs> <laughs> um so it's it's set 10 years after the initial um outbreak of the of the vampire plague and the since there are far more vampires than humans, the blood supply is dwindled, and our our main protagonist has uh, it's, it's I don't remember what his name is in the film, but it's um it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> so I just thought mm-hmm. of him as Ethan Hawke the whole time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a um, hema, hematologist um, and is working on a synthetic blood substitute because there are almost going to be no more humans left and the ones that are just mm. strung up in weird it's like in the matrix when they're all in like little battery tubes um it's sort of like that they're in big cylinders and just for some i guess they just didn't want to leave anyone in clothes they're just sitting naked in these tubes um as a 
literal blood bank. Um, but he's he's trying to create this synthetic blood um, so that the vampires don't starve. Uh, because a, a large side effect of this is, um, on average, the normal vampire you see, they're, they're just going about their regular daily lives. They're no different um, than before, other than they can't go out in sunlight. Um, they don't seem to be any faster or stronger than a regular human. They have, like, golden uh, irises and then sharp teeth, or I guess fangs, but they, there's, there's nothing else, um, other than I guess they're effectively immortal. They're not going to die from old age. Um, there's no other cool, like, vampiric power that they have. They're just mm. regular people that don't die and need blood. <laughs> That's what it kind of boils down to. Um, but what happens is if they do not get human blood um, in a regular on a regular basis, um, they begin to go feral and they'll start uh, physically changing. Their ears will get longer. They lose all their hair. Um, they their their digits become like three or four times the length of like they're even longer than Radu, <laughs> like super long wow. fingers, and they get kind of like. <laughs> membranous little wings between their I guess it's their elbow and their their lower ribs so it's like a mm. little just a little tiny wing form there uh, like, um, a, like a flying squirrel yeah um, they look like <laughs> they look like man bat from the uh, <laughs> oh, was, yeah. it, was it in DC. Spider-Man yeah Spider-Man yeah. or Batman, I don't remember. But, it's uh, Batman. Batman. It's in Batman, yeah. okay. Yeah. They look like that. They, they Their feet get longer and they can cling upside down <clears throat> on roofs and whatnot. I guess like a bat. <laughs> um, but they, they literally lose all reason. They're just... They attack each other and they just want blood. Um, this change is exacerbated if they drink blood of another vampire. Um, so they can't feed as a vampire you cannot feed on another vampire you'll become a creepy mutant um, really fast <laughs> or you can't feed on your own blood because what happens is since they're so starving they even re- re- resort to like yeah. biting themselves uh, and that just um, accelerates the change like exponentially um, oh, right. okay. so <clears throat> because of that the the what what exists of the government is you know uh, buckling down on getting the synthetic blood um and uh our main our main character he uh i guess ethically he's opposed to drinking from humans so i don't it doesn't say he's drinking something other some other blood i don't know if it's a cow or something he's drinking something else but whatever it is is uh he's still starting to develop the symptoms of blood withdrawal but it's just at a much slower pace um, and uh, he encounters a member of the um, human resistance and it's revealed uh, that the resistance or one of the members anyway um, has found a cure for vampirism so Ooh. instead of ha- having to spend all his time and effort on um, looking for a synthetic cure he decides to try to go after this actual or synthetic blood. Um, he goes after this actual cure uh, instead, and um, we we kind of get the sort of showdown between the. Um, it's not really. It's not the government per se. It's a. It's a, the blood bank. 
um, that he works for uh, is is run and owned by Sam Neill, again, who's some other character, but it's actually just Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sam Neill, just chilling. Yeah, here. that's what he's doing. Just chilling, um, Sam Neill. And who is? He's told about the cure, and you know he, he's in it for the business. So he's like, I don't, I don't want a cure. The synthetic blood's fine because that that keeps my business open and keeps me the money rolling in and everything. If if, if they're if everyone's cured of vampirism, then my monopoly is like out the window, and also probably all the horrible things I've been doing. <laughs> more like you know uh, crimes against humanity at that point because you know he's literally just have everyone, all the humans uh, being used as a, a um, blood bank. <laughs> so the thing, the things he's been doing and. and killing people on all these experiments you know they, yeah that would become like a crime rather than just a thing that is fine for everyone that's a vampire um mm. so we we find out that our uh vampire that had been cured uh, aka willem defoe <laughs> <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe gives the the method of the cure to um, Ethan Hawke, and they together try to take down the vampire system. Um, yeah, it's uh, that that's the the long and short of it. Um, the, the practical effects for the they didn't use CG on much of anything other than maybe um, backgrounds. So it's minimal. Uh, it's it's all practical effects, as far as I could tell, for the uh, <clears throat> the vampires and especially the the transformed ones. Um, I'm trying to remember what the, they called them. Oh, they called them subsiders. The they gave a name. The vampires gave a name to the other ones because they um, the <clears throat> the vampire <clears throat> society itself built uh, methods to deal with there being daylight and them still wanting to just be active during the day. So all hmm. their their vehicles and their um, they're just their general cars. If you're rich, you're able to afford uh, these sort of like 360 camera on top of the car, and then uh, the windows are completely blacked out, and so you just drive with a um, like you know if you're using a drone or something, just an external camera, and so you can see it on the um, the dashboard. Uh, so you can drive in the day, um, and then what else? Oh, they built an extensive network of tunnels throughout the city so it's sort of like the subway but they called it something else and it's, it's just for walking mm. so you can go between all the homes and all the uh, businesses and everything just in these subterranean paths um, but that's like become a problem because all the places are connected uh, when the vampires do go feral they're just like popping up everywhere because they're using the tunnels too <laughs> so it's just it just becomes a a giant mess, um, and it, it turns out uh, spoilers because we're just doing the whole film. <laughs> it turns out for the end, <laughs> the, the end of the film, that uh, if you're a vampire that has been cured, your blood now becomes a cure. So uh -huh. anyone that like a vampire that bites you becomes human also, and then it's just a it's a reverse plague. It's just like a domino effect of. Um, one vampire bites a human, and then that person becomes a human. But another vampire bites—you know—it's it's, you know spread the same way. The, you know the vampirism spread in the first place, um, and that's that's the like sort of the end of the the film kind of showcases mm. that happening, um, that domino effect. Uh, it's it's pretty 
it was pretty neat. Uh, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a, maybe the dialogue, some of the, that part of the film wasn't as strong. Um, certainly they, the, the script work, um, especially for like Sam Neill, just, it's just like a, you know, megalomaniac, like maniacal villain <laughs> speeches. Mm. And you're just going, okay, you can, you can stop <laughs> doing that, Sam Neill. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. And Willem Dafoe got to choose some scenery too. And I think he was putting on a weird, like, southern accent or something so there's that i guess if that's your thing (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i think that was you know that was pretty much it um cool yeah i don't i don't think there was any Mm. any other more specific stuff it uh was kind of covered Uh, um i wish the vampires had had some other i don't know um aesthetic or something that it was just bizarre yeah. watching like everything in some other decade, even though it's supposed to be in the future. <laughs> and they only had ten years, so yeah. everyone collectively had to have decided we're going to do like the nineteen fifties vision of the future look. And <laughs> where where'd they get the money? Like I don't I don't understand. <laughs> Is it just the one city? Gonna... <laughs> um, and of course, all the humans are roaming around in like Mad Max stuff. So it was great. It's just yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. it, it was fine within the confines of the film, but if you look at it like objectively it was a little weird and this is all going to happen by next year yeah somehow <laughs> yeah if they had said yeah, it like what... 40 years in the future something you know a larger gap than 10 years uh, yeah it's not enough is it maybe been I don't know because you know it looked like equilibrium or uh, even ultraviolet mm. that just kind of it's the future but we're just we're not we don't know what we're going to do with it we're just going to make it like a fake future looking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but not set it far enough to like achieve any of those things. Hmm. Do you, feel, do you feel they went into the law particularly much on this film? Or do you think it's one they sort of just generalized a bit? Um, they, they like, yeah, they left a lot of things out and didn't make like their own vampire. Like I said, there, there's not enough to like say that the vampires were different than people. Especially when they're just carrying on their their daily you know activities, and so there's no downside to like being transformed into a vampire, except for uh, the problem of if everyone's a vampire and then everyone just runs out of blood because that you have to have human blood to stay alive. Um, yeah. The the problem you run into is then you get a planet of like feral vampires that will just eventually all die off because they can't didn't seem like they can live or very long uh, in that state because they're just literally starving so it's a it's a cool like conceit that they added that in there but it, mm. it's not tenable at all and if that's if that's the case if this is a virus or some sort of plague that does that it's not it's not self-propagating in a way that would allow the virus or whatever it is to flourish like it would just kill itself off so it's uh, it's, it's like a, a dead end evolutionary chain it's not like sustainable so that part was a little I don't know uh, they maybe could have done something better with that I guess right but the idea of the yeah. feral vampire part was cool mm, cool definitely have you seen this one Cameron I have not um, I feel like I should <laughs> yeah I'll say good. I feel yeah, yeah it's one of those I've only seen on Netflix um, yeah go ahead, I mean give it a go it's it's I watched it when it came out, and I don't think 
I think I watched it like a popcorn movie, you know, where I just wasn't really paying attention or, um, I don't remember where, I may have been, I think I was in technical school when I was watching this, so I was probably watching it like on a laptop and it was tiny and it's definitely got a better experience of watching it on an actual TV, um, and able to, you know, not, I think maybe I had had to have the, you know, headphones and subtitles on just, you know, like in a dorm room when I was watching it. So this was much better experience, um, watching it this time around. Definitely was able to, uh, look at it a little bit more critically because I had seen it before and I remembered, you know, the key plot points. So I didn't have to worry about like thinking of that. I could just try to look at what they were doing with the vampires. Um, uh, and there's a couple scenes where like, Ethan Hawke's clearly been working out because they had to do, look, let's just take <laughs> off a shirt and do the scene we needed to do. I'm like, all right. Any excuse. <laughs> yeah. He's like, guys, guys, let me do this scene shirtless because I'm going to give Captain America a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But that was um, Daybreakers. That is yes, Daybreakers. Yes. <clears throat> so, moving on. Cameron, mm-hmm. Helsing Ultimate. What's that all about? Um, yeah, so Helsing Ultimate is an OVA series uh, based on the original manga, Helsing. Um, so the manga ran from 1997 till 2008, and the OVA, which is a 10-episode series, was released between 2006 and 2012. They had a very weird release schedule of like one or two episodes a year for about six years, <laughs> um, which... Uh, apparently to people who were trying to keep up with it as it came out, was not great. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, for the premise of the show, um, a sort of Protestant British um, supernatural unit fights Nazi vampires is the general breakdown of the series. <laughs> right. And um, also the KKK Catholic Church is involved. Oh, uh, as they do, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so it's very stylistically over the top, obviously. Um, although I, I feel like I feel like the, the themes and what they explore is a little more relevant these days. All of a sudden, um, <laughs> what with um, yeah, the current is. political climate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, but uh, but the general plot is um, you've got your main set of characters are part of a... What is the actual name of the group? The Helsing Organization, um, who were founded by the Van Helsing from the original Dracula story. Um, and you have Sir Integer, Fairgates, Winbrook, something, something Helsing, long name, the woman in charge, she's cool. Um, her butler is also cool. Um, and then the reason that they're able to function. <laughs> Look, I'm glossing over. I don't want to talk yeah, yeah, like no, no. Else about this. Yeah. I mean, everybody's pretty cool um, on this one, so. Yeah, true. Um, and the reason they're able to function effectively as sort of a supernatural um, fighting unit thing is they have under their control Alucard, which, as we all know, spelled backwards, is Dracula. Um, in this setting, the original vampire um, sort of under lock and key and working for them uh there is there are um, some other vampires in the series noticeably there's a former police woman called Ceres Victoria who gets turned by Alucard in the first episode um and yeah uh there are Nazi vampires as I said um <laughs> which is an interesting thing to think it, the first time I watched it really took me by surprise 
Um, <laughs> you know, you've got this... The first episode is like, oh, there's a priest who's a vampire who's killing this entire village and turning them all into ghouls. Um... And, you know, you get to know the organization a bit more after that once Ceres has been turned and things. And then at the end, it just gives the, the foreshadowing hint. And it's just a bunch of Nazis standing in a room uh, having a speech yelled at them by their commander. <laughs> and I was just, what? <laughs> this is very confusing, but okay. Um, yeah, I, I feel it works overall for, like, an interesting antagonistic force. Um, so... Let's see what sort of, the various things happen. They come into conflict with the Vatican and the rest of the Catholic Church, who have their own supernatural fighting unit consisting of um, priests. Uh, one of whom, Father Anderson, appears to be basically immortal. Uh, he gets shot in the head a couple of times and just gets up. Uh, <laughs> it's never it's it's never really well defined what he is in the show. I'm they probably go much more into into the manga, but I haven't really read too much of that. Um, <laughs> I think they talk about uh, it toward the end, but it's yeah. brief, and I don't remember. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not super well explained. It wasn't important. For all, for all I know. No, it's not that important. He's just a very tough guy who loves his bayonets. Um, <laughs> they look like spatulas. Yeah, they, they do. They're very, they're very big bayonets. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and um, the plot sort of revolves around, first off, uncovering this... Nazi conspiracy to start World War Three in London, um, and then focusing on this Nazi conspiracy that successfully started World War Three in London, with British forces and um, the Helsing Organization fighting both Nazi vampires and the Catholic Church's Thirteenth Crusade, I think it was, or whatever number they were up to at that point. Uh, which, apparently, for some reason, their official crusading uniform includes. KKK styled hoods, which was an interesting stylistic choice, but again, effective. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and in terms of the show, we go from Daybreakers, which had sort of vampires are just people with a sunlight allergy and a need for blood, to this show where sunlight vampires. Sunlight allergy. <laughs> it's, it's what Sorry. they have. To this, yeah, to this show where vampires are terrifying. Um, so we, we have Alucard and he is our sort of base for setting all the other vampires against which is not great for all the other vampires because he's the original <laughs> vampire um, uh, he is effectively immortal we see him have his head cut off get dismembered, get shot, get stabbed get torn to pieces, etc etc over and over and over again and he always just reforms and keeps on fighting um, and it turns out that with true vampires uh, in the world of Helsing Every time they kill and eat, uh, kill someone and drink their blood, um, that person's life effectively becomes a standard life for theirs. So Alucard needs to be killed as many times as everyone he's ever eaten before he can actually oh, be wow. killed. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which is in the realm of three and a half million people uh, at that point <laughs> in the show. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's more of an eldritch horror than a traditional vampire. Uh, realistically speaking, um, he has he has the basic vampire power sets. You know, he he's can see very well in the dark. He's fast. He's strong. He's tough. Um, he has some additional things. He sort of draws on the children of the night thing, where vampires traditionally have a connection to animals. But in this case, he can use some of the blood he stored up to create familiars. So you know, he hunted um, that Sherlock Holmes story about the black dog. Um, the Hound of the Baskervilles 
he yep. hunted and killed that because it was an actual supernatural thing and so now he can then summon that that memory of it that after he killed it he can summon that and create a hound of the Baskervilles to attack his enemies things like that um, <laughs> or a hand <laughs> a hand of the Baskervilles or, <laughs> or a hand nice. of the Baskervilles <laughs> yeah um, and this this is brought to its ultimate conclusion in the final few episodes of the OVA series um, when <laughs> He's like, well, there are too many people here for me reasonably by myself to kill and eat every one of them in anything less than a month, effectively. So, three million people, that's me. Uh, he summons up all the armies he's devoured, etc., etc., and, you know, they are this wave of disjointed, half-formed medieval soldiers and British soldiers and things sort of riding along these waves of blood and just devouring um, hordes of people. <laughs> It's really, it's really terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> he also has, uh, well, he, I should say, vampires in general also seem to have a third eye style sense, so it's sort of, you can concentrate and be aware of things that you should not normally be aware of. Um, he's very good at it, obviously. Original vampire. Duh. Uh, <laughs> um, the show does make it interesting, because he's normally not allowed to use his powers he's kept under lock and key by the by the helsing organization um he has certain situations where he's allowed to break a restraint level so you know it's, it, it might be he finds a vampire and is like this is a little tougher than the average vampire i can release restraint level one and you know he gets a bit stronger he gets covered in eyes which is part of his familiar thing i'm pretty sure although again the eyes not super well explained it's creepy is a good enough explanation uh, <laughs> um, yeah and in the final stages obviously re release level zero is I can now summon up as many people as I can as I possibly can to deal with this problem um, they they go in terms of visuals it's anime obviously so they can go a little more crazy than what you could do with practical effects a little mm -hmm. quotation marks more crazy uh <laughs> <laughs> um, that yeah, there, there's one particular fight scene when he first calls on the Hand of the Basketball thing. Uh, he's fighting an artificially enhanced vampire named Luke because uh, the show's great at naming conventions. Uh, <laughs> I am Luke <laughs> Valentine, the vampire. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, he's like, oh, you're clearly stronger than an average vampire. Let's see if you can fight like a real vampire. Um, and just half of Alucard's body turns into this giant snarling black dog's head uh, and then the rest of his body is just kind of shucked off like it's an empty skin that whatever this thing inside him has been wearing and then as Luke Valentine runs away um, and you see the dog chasing after him, Alucard's original hand comes out of the dog's mouth holding his gun <laughs> and shoots Valentine's, Valentine in the leg, you know dogs catch up to him, etc, etc uh <laughs> They, they do some really interesting things with the sort of transformative style of stuff um, as for lesser vampires uh, there's Ceres Victoria who's another true vampire um, she gets the standard strength and speed and toughness and stuff but she doesn't get any of the familiar um, or the other supernatural powers until she drinks someone's blood which she does later on in the show um, it's very cool she loses an arm but she can't control her form properly yet so she's got like a tentacle essentially made of like just energy uh it's pretty cool 
Um, but in the show, the Nazi vampires are not true vampires. They are artificially created vampires um, as part of... It's, it's, it's a little based on reality. In reality, Hitler was obsessed with occultism and things like that, and he had specialist units that would seek out you know, interesting artifacts and try and research ways to magically mm-hmm. enhance the Reich. Um, and, you know, just in the Helsing world, it's like they found a way to make artificial vampires. So you have mm-hmm. these Nazi soldiers with, they've got sharp teeth, they run pretty fast, they're fairly tough. Um, they're not super tough. Uh, <laughs> like, so it's not uh, actually far far from uh, Hellboy, is it? Because Hellboy's similar Yeah, style. yeah. It's, it's sort of a Hellboy-esque thing, but um, a lot darker overall. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> wow. Al- Alucard is just as much a lovable protagonist, but he's also definitely nowhere near as good uh, as Hellboy, <laughs> as Mr. Boy. Um, <laughs> Mr. Boy. Mr. Boy. Hellboy. I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not again. <laughs> not again. Um, yeah, no. So it's a lot like Hellboy in that, you know. Yeah, and the, the artificial vampires just tend to be tougher and faster and stronger. Um, artificial vampires and true vampires do share a trait, which is if they kill someone and the body isn't destroyed, uh, the body will rise up as a ghoul, essentially a zombie, uh, within a few minutes to a couple of hours. Uh, which, in the case of the first episode, where there is a vampire who's killing a small village, um, it makes them more of a credible threat because, you know... He goes through the village, he kills a few people, suddenly there's a whole bunch of zombies running around under his command. Um, and vamp- vampiric transmission is sort of related to that. So if a, va- if a true vampire kills someone of the opposite gender who is a virgin, they will become a vampire instead of a ghoul. Uh, it's very okay. specific. Okay. Well, yeah. what, 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 is there any explanation behind that? Or is it just, just um, that's the way it is? It, it is pretty much just that's the way it is, but the artificial vampires are, like, scientific, and true vampires like Alucard are very definitely supernatural. Like, there's no scientific reason he became a vampire. He just happened to be the first vampire. He sh- struck a deal with the devil or something. No one's quite sure. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of fits into that idea of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mythic folklore-y thing of, you know, oh, if you happen to be killed by a vampire, but they're a man and you've not yet been married, you might become a vampire too. It, it feels it feels like that, although it's a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> um, there are implied to be other kinds of monsters in the universe. The show obviously focuses on vampires because that's what we deal with. Um, although you don't actually see that many of them. There's the priest vampire from the first episode. There's Alucard and Ceres, and then there's the Nazi vampires who are just faceless mooks for the f- most part. Uh, there's also it's, it's a, um, Rip Van Winkle, mm, probably like my favorite character. Oh yeah, didn't get Rip enough Van screen Winkle. time. <laughs> no, um, the very, the very, very eccentric vampire with a magic musket. Uh, I don't understand her powers either. Um, you know, you can, she can, she's got a, she's got a musket, but she can like direct the bullet once it's been fired. That. Yeah, I don't know, just mm. control those bullets because it's because it's cool because mm-hmm. it's because it's anime. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's a very interesting show, and I really like it. Um, it's it can be a little hard to 
get a hold of if you want to watch it and so i would suggest if you want to watch the comedy version of it there is a series called helsing ultimate abridged on youtube that is very good and is surprisingly accurate to the actual show like um it plays a lot more and there's a lot more comedy in it but it follows the plot actually pretty rigidly um and the characters fairly rigidly as well like people don't do things out of character just because the creators want to make a joke um and that's where i first actually saw the show i was like i saw an episode of that on youtube I'm like oh that was kind of funny i wonder what it's based on and then i watched helsing the original anime which was okay a bit weird and then helsing ultimate i was like wow that was really cool um <laughs> yeah no uh it's good um the episodes are varying length as well they're between 40 and 65 minutes so it's like it's a fair bit to watch. Mm, that's quite a difference, episode. actually. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're like a film, like a short film. Um, each yeah, one. yeah, each. Yeah, definitely. which is fine because it, it covers the arcs and the. It was, I think the only way they were going to be able to cover the arcs and do what they wanted with the with the production yeah, values um, that they put into this. Uh, also, the, mm. the the budget, which I think was part of the problem yeah. when they had yeah. to span it out so far, um, it, it is <laughs> a. a it's a re a remake a a reboot I guess of the when yeah. they did the TV TV series it wasn't as well received um, because it, it yeah. started like veering away from what the manga was doing which was highly yeah. regarded yeah. so when they did the Helsing Ultimate um, they they stuck as they close were as able they to stick as close as they could mm-hmm. um, especially since they spread it out they weren't having they weren't having to worry about doing any filler arcs or anything because they yeah took yeah. the time to you know do these. In such a pro- protracted fashion, um, yeah, which yeah. didn't, yeah, didn't work out for fans that were trying to watch it as it was released. Mm. Um, but I was able to watch this like in its, in its entirety. Um, it was either mm. on Amazon yeah. or on Netflix for a little while, uh, and they had a yeah, whole, for a whole thing. Um, it's it's yeah. worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say the original series is also worth a watch, if only to like compare it. It's much older stylistically as well, and it does sort of fairly quickly veer off into telling its own story because it was done when the manga was only like halfway finished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it tells its own interesting thing. Um, that one introduces like psychic vampires, a lot more like illusion powers and things. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, well, they they were doing more with yeah. the freak freak chips i think yeah because they had to make up like what that could possibly be um Mm. since they 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 started getting past where the um manga was (laughs) being written um Mm. yeah yeah anyway that was uh that was helsing ultimate with a a tiny bit of regular helsing in there but mostly (laughs) a sprinkling of hell normal helsing nice yeah no it sounds really good actually yeah yeah i mean do you you feel do you feel it represented vampires quite well as a whole. Um, I think, I think, I think it did. I think, I think it did. It was fun. Um, it showed them as something that is scary. Like there was, there were still relatable characters, but you know, Alucard spends half his time literally just slaughtering people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like also very violent show. Don't watch it with kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> yeah. not. It's like greater damn. It's not, not for children. At, like in the least. Yeah, right. no, definitely um, not. Like, like the main characters method of fighting is literally battle of attrition with himself you know i'll just stand here and get shot until they get tired of shooting at me and then i'll kill them all uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and then it um it, it definitely leans on the vampires have like super strength angle, um, and that then that's mm, what our mm. the the main characters the story is told through the point of view of Sarah's Victoria generally, mm. um, and you know she wields like an anti tank rifle, <laughs> which yeah. is like a hundred pounds or something. I don't know, it's super heavy. Yeah, the regular person yeah. can't pick it up, and she just walks around like it's a yeah handgun. And I mean... At one point, she's carrying around, like, literally an anti-aircraft gun just on her back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good uh, stuff. Um, they're very strong. It's very yeah. good. <laughs> and then uh, one, one point that I, I just recalled about um, mm. Daybreakers is the the vampires. It, it doesn't... It does a good job of show, not tell. And yeah. um, it looks like, just judging from how... They're being killed toward the latter half of the film. A stake through the heart will kill them. Mm. Um, and since the main characters that are attacking them aim only for like center mass, uh, mm. it, it it shows that like there's probably not another way, or at least that's the most effective way to do so. And then when they're stabbed through the heart, they explode. Uh, into oh, a wow. okay. of, like it's not not into like guts they explode into like a ball of fire and then just oh, okay. ash but uh, i don't know they seem to like be aerosoled or something there's like nothing left <laughs> like they explode and there's just no remains so mm-hmm. then there's there's the other i guess bits of cg that were there and they uh i don't know they just didn't want to deal with either animating <laughs> or putting in uh, practical effect corpses i don't, I don't yeah know. that had to have been the reasoning behind that oh yeah just that there's like, nothing, it, nothing left it costs money to pay 50 people to lie down for an entire day worth of shooting <laughs> yeah well even using um the dummies are you're able to to keep the set clean mm. and if you have to yeah. re- reshoot something uh you're not worried about having to re- you know repeat a scene and make sure everything's in the right place and all that continuity mm. Yeah, that was the other part, was they, they do need a stake through the heart, I think. <laughs> cool. All right. Okay. So and that's been Daybreakers, have... and that's been... Yeah. Yeah. Helsing yeah, Ultimate. and uh, yeah. Helsing and you Ultimate. Have, and... Uh, you have uh, Ultraviolet? I, I did have Ultraviolet, um, yeah. which is a film from back in the old days of 2006. Um, it's a Ooh, sci-fi boy. action thriller. I know, many years ago, 12 years ago now. Cool. Oh, God. We were all just a wee yeah. lad. And mm. Dave was middle-aged. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like after college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's filmed back in 2006. Uh, it's directed by Kurt Vimmer, who also did uh, Equilibrium, um, which makes a lot of sense when you start watching this film, because mm. I, I must admit when I was... Re- I mean, I've seen this film quite a few times. It's only actually re-watching it for this show that I realised how very very similar it is to equilibrium there's so many similarities it's unreal um which could be seen as a good or a bad thing depending on what you feel on the equilibrium um main main star of the show is uh, mila jovic who uh, stars as violet song or uh, the full name is violet song jat sharif as the main character um it's a funny one because before i go into that you'll meat of it it's a film that i really used to like actually when it first came out i watched it a few times around then and then now re-watching it it's not aged very well at all i must admit 
is actually mm. it's I've sort of slightly destroyed my dreams by rewatching this film. Um, because... <laughs> um, Matt, did you watch the unrated version? Was it a little longer, or just the the PG thirteen cut? Uh, it would be the P. It was the one on Netflix, so it's the PG thirteen okay. one. Yeah, I think it's um, missing like ten minutes of the of film, also. Yeah, which I I think I I think I've seen the full one original. I can't I, I can't I really can't remember. But it the problem is with it, it's just it like I said, it's dated because the the effects that are used are quite poor as a whole. <laughs> um, it uses this very odd blurring filter at times throughout the film which makes it very hard to watch sometimes um Mm. but i think its main issue is it's a vampire film that's barely about vampires um like you just said about uh daybreak as being all you know mainly about show and not tell it's similar sort of thing with ultraviolet but it's where you're like what (laughs) <laughs> that makes no sense. You, you forgot <laughs> um, to show. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to show anything. You've just there's not enough explanation. I mean, basically, the the gist of the film is it's based around a made up disease called uh, hemoglophagia, um, which was unearthed, you know, years prior. It was then they wanted to use it to, you know, basically build super soldiers but they got out and mm. and then obviously started infecting people uh they started to basically put armbands on these people to you know segregate them from the masses put them into you know start putting them into camps and slowly over time they've been you know getting the number down of them um they're called hemophages is you know the technical term mm. in this film for vampires um so yeah so they're whittling the numbers down of them um just well obviously through violence and and camps and things but it doesn't again it doesn't really tell you how and why it just sort of does um it's being self-narrated by uh by violet um it's it's a funny one because again at this point you're thinking okay great and you know a disease has come out but it doesn't it doesn't go into any detail about how it really affects people it it sort of slightly states or they get superhuman abilities but it doesn't really go into any you see um obviously the canine teeth and things like that but again you don't really it doesn't tell you why what what impact the vampires are are in this it's basically they've got this disease and then we're just gonna we'll kill we'll kill them off on the side and it's almost like what i find bizarre about this film is why they've not explained the 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 reason that they need to kill people off you know, you you know, at least in like traditional vampire things, you say right, we want to kill all the vampires off as a, as a, as a normal human because they'll start feeding on us. For example, you know, there's actual you know, they're literally a threat to us. Whereas this, they, it it doesn't really come across as why they're a threat. They just they just, because they they're all day walkers. No one no one's burning up in in the sun. They may just get a you know slight headache from it. That's about it. It sort of you know so there's no repercussions like that. Um, people uh don't need to get taken out with stakes or anything like that silver nothing mm. like that they can be killed with normal guns um so it's almost like they get the positives or potential positives of vampirism such as obviously enhanced abilities and they can heal but they mm. don't really get many of the side effects uh, again a bit like um blade in the blade films to a degree um apart from the thirst again there's no thirst in this they they've got again it's it's odd they've got you know they've got these huge canine teeth yet they don't have to eat you know that, that's of no consequence to any, anything 
So, you know, so as the film's going on, it's mainly staged more as an action movie. You know, you've got similar to Equilibrium, you've got um, Violet just doing all these action scenes, taking... I mean, there's a few cool scenes, um, you know, taking... There's this one particularly good scene where she runs out of ammo in her gun um, and gets surrounded by some faceless enemies with batons. And so she basically takes the... Her, the machine gun she's got pulls it apart and turns it into like dual batons and starts taking them out with it, which is very, which is not far similar to you, you see her doing the same in the uh, Resident Evil, Evil movies. Um, but again, it's just nothing's really explained, and you've got the main sort of crux of the actual story is the fact that they've she's well she's part of a resistance, and she's acting as a courier to take this weapon or what gets seen as a weapon in a case um obviously she's um faking being a courier to obviously take it back to the resistance and basically the weapon ends up being a, a child literally in a suitcase but you know in a another dimension reality shift thing they they do talk about this flat space technology throughout the movie which is basically where things can be put brought in from another dimension. I mean, that's how she gets her guns and bullets, which is quite cool. But again, it makes no real difference to being a vampire. Um, so she's got machine guns that like that will literally just appear in her hand. And obviously, the, out of her wrists, the ammo will come from another dimension, which is, again, is quite cool. Um, but throughout this, she's, you know, she ended up protecting this child because she, there is links to the earlier in the film where she when she was a before she became a haemophage she was what looked to be a nurse and she was pregnant and they, she lost the child because of contracting uh, the disease and then obviously she's becoming quite maternal about this child um but again it just uh, it's one of those films where you don't know really where it's going you don't it, it's got no real sort of point to it in apart from the fact there's some really cool action scenes in it and it's a real shame because they could really dig into the actual lore of it if they really wanted you know because it's a made-up vampire disease so they can you know they could do anything with it ultimately they could do any sort of you know uh, positives and negatives from it but they they don't they just sort of they decide oh we'll just let it get her to kick ass for an hour and a half um and again it, it's very subtle the way it tells you some of the the very vampire related uh aspects they you know they there's a point there's a point later where they say or you know, you, you notice she's got su- you know quite superhuman hearing, but again they don't tell you why. I mean, obviously it's a, a positive that's come out of having the disease, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, she again they can heal, but again they don't know go into any you know thing why. Um, and so basically the whole film just ends up being about this this boy who's got antigens in him, which is suspected to be where if they released all the antigens in the world, it would kill off all these hemophages, which obviously there's not many have left of them anyway. But then it turns out that they, he can have antigens in his body, which may heal the cure. But then it turns out that, uh, I'm trying to think now. Yeah, it could, it's not that it could heal them, but it could, um, yeah, it could wipe out all humans in like a reversing. And basically that's the sort of crux of it, that, that the, the bad guys, which is the Arch Ministry, which makes them sound like they're from the uh, the WWE, um, <laughs> they <laughs> they they are basically trying to control people because they realise that they've all the haemophages are pretty much wiped out, and to obviously gain control of the mass pop population, they're going to have to spread this disease or spread out this antigen, which means that they'll control it via drugs. So people have to come up every day, get their drugs, and means there'll be sort of law and order from it. 
Um, yeah, it's just it's a shame that I don't like this film anymore because <laughs> I, yeah. like, I really used to like it. And some some of the problems, and I think well, not some, but I think a large part of the problems uh, attributed to this uh, aren't in the general screenplay. Uh, hmm. as, as far as I know, what happened is the the director um, Kurt Wimmer who directed and I believe he wrote the, the screenplay for this um, mm. and uh, Mila Jovovich had um, some also creative input in the film uh, they were both locked out of the final editing process yeah, for they the are, entire film yeah, they were. Like the, the production company just took over it and just like we're just going to make our own thing out of this so yeah. that that's a big failing of the film is you know that they lost creative control of the final product um and even the extended version is only, you know, 10 minutes. And there's arguably much more footage uh, that exists for the film that would have made it, you know, the same of a director's cut. But the actual print of the film should have been something <laughs> yeah. quite different. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't unfortunately know uh, what that would have done for the story. However, there is an, an animated series uh, that was done, which I I haven't seen it. But I think it ex- explains a lot more since it's it's spread out oh, good. Uh, yeah. several episodes and rather just trying to condense everything into one film yeah yeah looking at the wiki it's called ultraviolet code 044 looks to be the anime and yeah i mean the actual the actual environment and the actual world is actually quite interesting the fact she she keeps changing you know her hair and outfit keeps changing color depending on what's you know she almost turns into a chameleon you know most (laughs) times to the movie um the actual world is you know, is okay. Again, it's very similar to Equilibrium if you've seen it. Um, it's just that it's just a shame that they've really softened and drained down the the vampirism side of things. It where they get described as vampires, but they really, you know, they barely are. There's not really. It's just yeah. too much, ac- too many action scenes. You know, all for the sake of having action scenes, and it's a, like I said, it's just a real shame because, I mean. I know it's obviously Miljovic, and she's you know if you've seen her in the Resident Evil movies, she's you know she's good at what they you know what they do with that. But yeah, it's just it's just lacking. I mean, to me, the highlight of the film actually was this one line that she says, which I thought was really cool. She goes, "I'm a titan, a monolith, nothing can stop me." And I was like, "Oh, that's a really cool line." And that's about it. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. again, a lot of the dialogue is a bit, and you can tell, you can tell it's been heavily changed, and I think. Because yeah, from what I read, like like you've seen Davis, that obviously they've um, they submitted it, and then it got. I think. I mean, the reality is, it could have been awful. You know, yeah, worse. we don't we don't know <laughs> we don't know. Um, but you know, a yeah. lot was cut out of the film that would have explained some of the things because they did mention um, some of the cuts that uh, Kurt Wimmer like acknowledged like, that was in the you know his original version of the film. They just took out so. Whether that would have made the film better as a whole, I don't know. Um, but it definitely would have explained some of the um, the lore going on. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think another aspect that um, it, the film it kind of glosses over is that the um, uh, hemophage. Well, um, they yeah, have a, like a, uh, they have a short lifespan. It's like twelve years. Yeah, like they, they they're not sustainable either. So. Why are they yeah. being killed when they're just normally? Just yeah, like exactly. There's no. It doesn't <laughs> like, make doesn't any make sense. Any, no, they're not causing any. That's the thing. I, I mean, you could argue that yeah, okay, you don't because obviously the the disease can be spread by blood. You've got to be careful because you obviously don't want you as a, hu- a healthy human don't want to get contaminated because, like I said, you're you're going to become one of them, and then you've you know you've 
shorten your life effectively. Yeah, so you're not, I you can didn't go immortal. You like hurt yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can understand containing it, but it, like I said, it just doesn't. It's very, very disjointed throughout. It doesn't really go into it, and I think. I think looking from what I've seen of what it originally was going to be, and if you compare it to Equilibrium, um, I think that Kurt Wimmer was going for a really like emotional, you know, deep quite film. And I think what they obviously wanted is when it went to them, they just thought, no, no, we want it to be full on action. We want it to be, you know, a sci-fi thriller and then sort of tore it up, I think. Well, that's what it's, basically happened. It's, they wanted the PG-13 rating, and what they wanted was the, a repeat of the success of Equilibrium. So they literally cut it to be Equilibrium mm. Part Two. You know, it, it's the yeah. same, yeah, the same blocking of the scenes, the same pacing of the story, the same mm. uh, ending fight scene. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, they literally yeah, just, they yeah, just, they just redid. They 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 cut it apart and reassembled it to just be another Equilibrium. You know, yeah. and, I, and at the time I saw in the theater, and I, I liked that too. Like, I, like you, I mm. really enjoyed this when it was out. But it, yeah, it doesn't hold up to any kind of you know critical no. uh, viewing. Um, and you can see that they they this they did a disservice um, in, in yeah. hamstringing this and making it PG thirteen, which is they've done. You know, that's just the nature of the the beast, and that's also it's a shame because that's what. Uh, because they took his control away, um, we won't see any more Kurt Wimmer directed films. He quit directing because of what they did. Uh, yeah, but he, he does. Yeah. He does still do screenwriting, so he's he's done. Mm. He's yeah, still in the game that way. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's Ultraviolet. I mean, have you seen it, Cameron? No, not at all. It sounds interesting. I, it is weird. It's like oh, the vampires are a great threat. They're going to live for another twelve years and. <laughs> They're really not doing that much out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's worth it though. just for the intro scene. Like yeah. that part was yeah. really cool, and then yeah. if you just stop the movie there and pretend it was a cool like trailer for something <laughs> that you'll yeah. ever see, yeah. <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, like like the actual intro and like the bit with with the, um, the hemophages that sort of try and raid a blood bank is very similar to like Blade Two, for example. You've got. You know, they're with their sort of katanas and just jumping in and stuff. It's, it's really, you know, there is actually some cool scenes in it. And, and despite me mm. sort of criticizing it, it's actually worth seeing because, and it's not very long. It's only, it's barely, well, it depends on which version, but it's, it's, only 90, one, it's not even 90 minutes. Yeah, barely. It's like I said, it's about an hour and a half at that. And, you know, it's actually worth seeing. There's actually some cool inspired scenes in it. It's just that it's let down by, an odd pace and, and odd decisions throughout. You know, you're thinking, why would they like this? Like, for example, they they realise because the, there's one part where she goes. She's obviously got a there's a friend called Garth who's like a he, you know he's a he's another hemophage, but he's obviously got a scientific background. He's working on a cure in the background, and he she takes the boy to him and obviously take, he does blood samples and and he basically reveals like no, there's no cure in him for for our condition and she's obviously really disappointed at that and they realize that he's he's chipped basically so they've got a tracking device on him and she said he says to um he says to her like don't worry like this you know my little lab here is completely shielded so they won't do it so rather than stay and put with him there what they decide to do is is she violet decides to take him away from there you're thinking, well, no, no, don't take him from there. Keep him there. <laughs> now you're going to get tracked by moving. And then, and then she tries to leave him at a train station. 
it's really weird you know like and then she has a real mm. guilt trip and then comes back to try and save him and then he gets kidnapped by her former resistant members because they've cut a deal with the you know the main bad guy and then it turns out they have a showdown with you know between her and the other vampires and it just yeah just really weird pacing really weird decisions and just a lack of law and again if they just you know just added you know 10 percent here 10 percent there it would actually have been a really good film um i mean i think you probably won't dislike it too much if you do see it because you've not seen it before like i said it's sort of it's definitely a rose-tinted glasses situation mm. <laughs> when you now see it <laughs> recently it's like ah, oh, that's not yeah. that good 12 years on <laughs> no um her uh her sword design is really really cool and i remember yeah. when this came out you could buy um like replica swords of her oh nice and it's uh, yeah it's definitely a um something you're not gonna see in like any other movie like that probably. yeah yeah it's like a it's like a really flat blade, like almost rectangular blade isn't it with with no yeah. real hilt as such to it with runes down it yeah well i think um, it's sanskrit it's covered in sanskrit yeah oh. it's i mean yeah, the, the actual really flat cool. the flat space technology side of things is really cool like there's the, you know when she's literally reloading her guns by it literally popping out of a another dimension from yeah. her wrist strap. There's that is actually really cool. Again, it's it's equilibrium because what happens in equilibrium when they when he's re, when they're reloading their guns, the you know the ammo clips are coming out of their sleeves, aren't they? So yeah. again, it's the same thing. Well, he just same he, inspiration. Yeah, his idea of gun kata, which is what he invented, and it's and it's it's ridiculously like. Well, it's it's patently ridiculous. Like it wouldn't work as a fighting style, but it's visually very cool. They yep. took that and just like dialed it up to eleven. Like yep, um, basically, she yep. performs it well and integrates like other martial arts into it. So it, it's um, visually the fight scenes are really well done. Well, yeah, because there's another scene in it which is again similar to Equilibrium, where it's when she's trying to escape from her resistant members, and there's like a yakuza type crew in the same building that's obviously been bought by the uh, resistance to stop her and she basically kills them all by them shooting each other so basically every time because they're, they're all surrounding her in a circle so she's there flipping around moving on the spot and obviously they end up shooting each other which is similar to the uh, the you know the gun cutter in equilibrium i know obviously he's they're doing the shooting in it but the principle's still the same sort of you know angles and deflections and things like that <laughs> yes you you use all the, the, the all the predicted angles and the optimization yes. of their <laughs> foot placement and you will never be shot in a exactly provided that everyone always circles you and you're in the middle of <laughs> gunfight <laughs> yeah and, and like you said the, the two you know the, the bat the main showdown with the bad guy is still the same you know it's the guy in a suit with a with a sword fight except for this one they got flaming swords <laughs> Which and you know just to mm. take it up a next level, it's it's like they took Equilibrium and then they let a ten year old have a have a design of it and go. I want flaming swords. I want I want ammo from another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> and everything needs to be like cyberpunk neon, but yeah, also, oh, at, really also at the same time yeah. like very crisp and like clean. Yeah, like, but then we'll put a blur effect in just to yeah. make it a bit fuzzy. We'll, just, we'll do the cyberpunk, but take the punk out. And do yeah, like we'll just make art, it art deco instead. <laughs> yeah. Cyber art deco. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, oh, that would sum it up. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's ultraviolet. <laughs> Half a vampire film at that. A bit but, of the old um, ultraviolet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, right, has anyone got anything else to say about their relevant films? What do we feel we covered them? I I think think we, we yeah, well. I think we got it. I do want to yep. watch the um, animated Ultraviolet now, or at least, you know, I yeah. think I tried to mm. watch an episode and maybe it wasn't holding my attention at the time, but mm. uh, maybe revisiting it, uh, it'll be different. It's, sometimes yeah. it's a plus, sometimes it's a minus, as we find in this case. Um, well, yeah. like I said, it'll probably be a plus on more. <laughs> on this. It's got it's to be better than this <laughs> the film. Yeah. If they did a whole series, <laughs> like someone approved yeah. a budget for a whole thing. No, you think, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It, cool. This is, I think this is one that I would, um, and I don't know if they. I think they did. I think they did a novelization of this, and maybe it had more in it. Um, that might have been. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's... they do a little better on these movie tie-ins, and they'll do a novel and gives you more time to understand the characters. Um, hmm. Or it's just a quick cash in, and hmm. isn't any better. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think it was a. Ca- I think it was a cash in. Basically, that's what it feels like because there's just not enough depth there really because they, they don't really tell you much about her they don't tell you much about the back you know it's very skimmed and it's it's all action which is cool yeah. if you want to mm. see an action film it's, it's it's good but yeah you're right there is a novelization um which uses the full plot according to this link whatever it says yeah using the full mm. plot instead of the film's cut down version so yeah the novel would probably be a lot better but yeah go see it if you fancy yeah what we've said <laughs> yeah. or if you just <laughs> like Equilibrium you oh yeah we'll just watch Equilibrium which is a damn good film yeah mm. yeah and that's which, another one I'm that I, I I've watched a million times but every time I watch yeah. it like more recently it just gets less and less <laughs> impressive and I'm like oh yeah. this part could have been trimmed because the dialogue's not that great <laughs> and yeah. uh just makes me sad because it's Sean Bean being Sean Bean unfortunately Sean Bean yet again dying in another movie so they love killing him, <laughs> killing him off and everything he's in. He probably yeah. must look at a script and go, right, when, at what point am I going to get killed off in this? It's like, you know, he, he does. He gets killed. He was in uh, one of the Bond films as Trevelyan. He gets killed. Lord of the Rings, he gets killed. Uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, he gets killed. Spoiler. But oh, it's been out I, long enough, you should know. I um, think he makes it in Black Death. I don't think he dies. But no, oh, right. oh, no good. he gets pulled oh, good. apart by horses. Dang it. Didn't he? <laughs> There we go. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he kills everyone by being pulled apart by horses. I remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> so he just... They love yeah, killing him like, off. Yeah, he dies in... Harsh. Um, he dies in Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Did he die in Silent yeah. Hill 2? Yeah, I think yeah. he Yeah, yeah. I think so. He, he dies made, he, in he the He made island. it to the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. But they got, they got to him eventually. He, he no. got killed in the islet, the island as well. <laughs> bad guy in that. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I've heard, and this is some exclusive news that he's going to die in Death Stranding 2025. <laughs> mm. He died in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he as well. He actually played Aeris. He was actually the the uh, the animation of Aeris. <laughs> <laughs> he's the reincarnation he's the... of Aeris. <laughs> Fated oh, to die. Yeah, for the, for the <laughs> plot, <laughs> he is the living plot death. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, that's um, yeah. another round of vampires. Mm. But, um, yeah, we did all right. So you know, we had to do this on the fly, uh, considering yeah. <laughs> our uh, original plan changed. So um, yeah. yeah, I think we'll wrap it up unless anyone's got anything else to add to. The three movies that we've seen? Uh, nope. Uh, I think that's nope. it. And we, we covered at least a slightly different version of uh, We Lucked Out and the hmm. vampires were all 
completely yeah. different <laughs> in these, yeah. these uh, depictions. <laughs> yeah, they were actually, which is quite cool to see. But I mean, the good thing is about vampires and werewolves, we can always come back to them. There's so many movies to cover. So. Oh, oh yes. yeah, I, I pulled up. I was like, I was like, Amazon vampire movie. Uh oh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> two hundred oh, movies. I, um, <laughs> one of them I almost watched. It was called um, Vampiria. It looked pretty bad, but it features. Um, oh the, no, uh, that's not with piranhas, is it, or something? Like no, no, vampiria, <laughs> like a um, a pariah. Yeah. yeah, and oh, uh, right, yes. that, that features um, a couple other monsters, but notably it's yeah. the um, Filipino version of the vampire, the Ashwang, which is, uh, yeah. I oh, okay. say, it, it's totally spelled out like Aswang, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's like Aswang, um, <laughs> that they have like prehensile extendable tongues that yeah. get your blood from far away, so uh, mm. it, I think it might be worth it just to watch that part of it otherwise it looked like a pretty low budget yeah <laughs> action fest <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll torture yeah, myself man. and watch that uh, or i could just watch more subspecies because i do need to finish watching mm. more do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was um vampires again so we'll do the usual um dave where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at sentinot underscore plus there we go and uh, Cameron, where can they find you, and where can they find the show? Um, you can also you can also find me and the show on Twitter. Um, I'm at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come chat. I'm a friendly person. Um, and you can find <laughs> our show. I am. Um, I know you, can you find are. our sh- yeah. Thank you. Uh, you can find our show also on Twitter. Um, at mon underscore demonster. We usually announce what subject we'll be talking about a week to four or five days ahead of the actual recording so there's always time for you to come check us out and give us some feedback which we love absolutely <laughs> okay and you can find me on twitter as well at ninja badger seven the number seven and uh yeah so that's uh vam- your vampire fix for yet another episode um thanks very yeah. much for listening and we'll catch you on the next show bye Bye-bye. bye